Superbrain is a labour of love. Alas, no podcast can survive on love alone. We don't have a sponsor, so we need your support for Superbrain to stay alive and kicking. You can make a one-off donation by following the Support This Show link in the show or episode description. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. My name is Sabina Brennan and I'll be injecting a weekly shot to boost your brain health and build up your super brain. In the most recent episode, Hilary Fannin and I chatted at length about memory and I read some of her wonderful musings on memory, which end with the astute observation that memory is all we have. She's so right because without memory, your behavior would be reduced to reflexes and stereotypical actions. Memory is a fundamental process that's critical to every single thing that you do. Memory is also, as Hillary pointed out, an unreliable friend, a drunk in a bar. She's right about that too. And I will do an episode about, you know, maybe a bonus episode, because there is really some fascinating science out there about the fallibility of human memory, particularly around eyewitness testimony. Today, I want to cover some of the basics. So the first half of today's episode is a quick and dirty memory 101. Um, The second part is tips for making memory stick. Feel free to skip to the tips, but I'm a firm believer that knowledge is power. And the first step to change and to improvement, including developing a super brain, is to understand what it is you want to work on. In everyday parlance, we talk about memory as if it was a single thing, something that can be lost or something that can be poor or bad or even brilliant, a sort of all or nothing kind of thing. But that's really, really misleading because memory is not a single thing. Memory is really multifaceted. In psychology, we draw a distinction between memory that's explicit and also memory that's implicit. So what does that mean? Well, memories that you can consciously or have to consciously work to remember, um, memories that you can consciously recall, like, for example, capital cities of Europe or the names of the states of America, they're called explicit memories. But information that embeds itself in your brain without any conscious effort from you, like for, you know, that that catchy tune that you heard yesterday and and you find yourself sort of humming today, (laughs) that's an example of implicit memory. You didn't actively work to remember that tune. It just embedded itself in your brain. Now, going back to the explicit memories, they can further be broken down into memories for specific events such as you know your sixth birthday party or your first kiss Um, and these memories for events and specific episodes from your life are referred to as episodic memory. In contrast when you recall facts or general knowledge or other similar types of data or information you're tapping into what we call semantic memory. So 
Explicit memories are things that you consciously need to bring into your awareness and can be articulated or declared, which is why you might sometimes hear explicit memory referred to as declarative memory. In contrast, implicit memory is unconscious. You cannot consciously bring it into your awareness. For example, when you learn to ride a bike, you remember how to do it without articulating the specifics of bike of the bike riding process. Implicit memories often involve a step by step process. Procedural memory. So knowing how to perform a specific task like kicking a football or applying lipstick or getting dressed or even driving your car. Um, essentially, these procedural memories are skills that don't need to be relearned or consciously brought to awareness to perform them. So learning and memory are really inextricably linked. It's really hard to separate the two from each other. Learning is the acquisition of a new skill or of knowledge, while memory is the expression of that information or skill or knowledge that you have acquired. Learning can also occur explicitly, consciously, or implicitly, unconsciously, and can be tested by um, whether you can freely recall the information that you'd learned, or whether you need a cue or a hint to spark the memory for the information, or whether you recognize the information when it's presented to you. Another important type of memory is called prospective memory, and, and that's just a fancy name for remembering to remember. So remembering to carry out a planned action in the future, such as, I don't know, for example, remembering to take your antibiotics with meals or um, remembering that today you have to pick your kid up from school at two o'clock um, or remembering to go to your dentist appointment. Different types of memory are processed in different parts of your brain. So your brain also processes um, visual memory, verbal memory, smell and movement memory. So, for example, let's go back to your sixth birthday party memories. They can be a, an amalgamation of the smell of fresh cut grass or as you play tag with your friends or the shrieks of delight or, or, or the distant hum of a lawnmower or the smell of flowers in your garden or the feel of sticky jammy hands as they reach out to, to tag you in the game. So a whole combination of all of your sense memories coming together to form this one memory of your birthday. Now, memory can also be distinguished by its duration. So some memories are really fleeting. Memories can be short term and they can also be long term memories. So memories that you hold on to for a very long time. The memory making process itself has, I suppose we can say it has three sub processes. The first is encoding. So we kind of call that acquisition too. You then have consolidation and then the retrieval of the memory. Um, during encoding, when you perceive something in your environment, a, a, a new, really fragile memory trace is formed. And, and this 
memory is it's labile it's 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 volatile and um, it's gradually stabilized through consolidation processes whereby the new knowledge is embedded within the brain ready for future retrieval and um, that consolidation can be very actively or consciously done by you yourself repeating the information but it also can happen during sleep um, at night time uh, when a lot of memories are embedded throughout your brain so that's kind of the memory 101 bit, just the basics to give you a sense that memory is not a single thing and memory can never go completely. And actually, if you are experiencing any sort of um, blips in your memory, knowing that will help you sort of identify which bit of your memory might um, need a little bit of extra work or might be just um, giving you a bit of jip on a particular day. I've really just covered the tip of the iceberg when it comes to memory. So you can be sure I'll be coming back to memory again and again. For now, that's all for this edition of Superbrain. Thank you to Collaborative Studios. For regular updates and bonus material, follow Superbrain Podcast on Instagram and at Sabina underscore Brennan on Twitter. Of course, if you want to learn more about brain health, you can check out my book, 100 Days to a Younger Brain, from your local library, or you can buy it wherever you purchase books. Subscribe to Superbrain on Apple, Spotify, Google, Acast, or wherever you consume your podcasts. And remember, if you love it, rate it, review it, and share it. My name is Sabina Brennan, and you've been listening to Superbrain, the podcast for everyone with a brain. 